Hello, my name is Dr. Francine Marques from Monash University, Australia, and I'm the chair of the International Society of Hypertension Mentoring and Training Committee. Today, I have with me Professor Stephen Harrop, who is a professor of physiology at the University of Melbourne and a general physician at the Royal Melbourne Hospital in Australia. And he's also past president of the International Society of Hypertension. Stephen was also my mentor and my supervisor during my uh, first uh, postdoctoral training, and it's my pleasure to have him here with me today. Thank you, Francine. Oh, thank you. Lovely to be here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephen, so can you define your mentorship experience in one word, please? Uh, satisfying. Okay, that's nice, yeah. And why do you think mentoring is important? I think it's important because it gives younger people who can't quite see where things are heading uh, experience, but from someone who doesn't have a vested interest in what they're doing. You know, it's that objective, independent view that you can give that I think is really appreciated by the mentees. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a really important mm. factor. Yeah. And now, when in your career did you realise you needed a mentor? Uh, well, I sort of got a bit of mentorship from my father. So I sort of started back then, because when I was a... Um, uh, school student, I said I was interested in research, but uh, but then I said I'd be quite interested to do some research in on humans. And he said, well, if you want to do research on humans, because he was a researcher himself, he said you're going to need to get a medical degree. So that was the first bit of mentoring, uh, <laughs> and so that led to my medical degree, and then I got into research properly through my PhD. And it was at that time that I realised that my supervisor was an excellent mentor, Austin Doyle, because um, he was the sort of person, if he took you under his wing, he really looked after you. That's wonderful. Mm. And can you give me any examples of ways that you have helped your mentees? Yes, uh, I had a really good period over, well, it's sort of still lingering, but it began in 2014 at the Athens meeting of the International Society where Jeanne-Marie uh, Zhao became my mentee and we met one another there. She was in, doing her PhD with Morris Brown in Cambridge and at the time uh, she had a number of decisions to make regarding her postdoctoral destination. She was clinically trained um, but her degree was only recognised in China. So her big decision was firstly to decide uh, whether she would return to China and if so where uh, and then if she decided against that possibility what should she do otherwise uh, and it was interesting I've just been looking at the emails that go back over those three or four years during which time she had a baby got married had a baby by the way so there's all sorts <laughs> of nice personal uh, aspects to it but um, early on, I wrote to the leading physicians in the blood pressure world in both Beijing and Shanghai, two of the big centres, to ask them their advice regarding her clinical possibilities. Uh, and things um, unfolded in the end that she decided that she wanted to, to do research only. And, well, I wrote to her and I said, look, my mentor, Austin Doyle, told me what you should try and aim for is 50% rats and 50% humans. <laughs> and he was basically saying, don't 
lose your clinical, mm-hmm. don't lose your research in the basic sciences. So I said to her, look, don't turn away from your clinical possibilities. And I know it's not easy with your, your credentials to do it in, say, the UK, where she was based. Uh, but try and keep that as part of your portfolio. And she did that. Uh, and I haven't heard a lot from her recently, but I know she's doing well. She's still in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I think possibly at Imperial College. But, uh, so, and she's been very successful. Published some great papers in a New England Journal, wow. amongst others, a co-author. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, it was, as I say, satisfying is the word because I saw her transition from uh, the doctoral phase during her student years all the way through to defining exactly where she wanted to go, what she wanted to do, uh, and settling down both in her personal life with family and also in a professional life. So it was, it was great. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic example and also a very successful example of the mentoring mm. uh, that started as part mm. of their ish. Yeah. Mm. And you do things, you know, you write, uh, apart from just giving advice, you, you're helpful in those introductions mm-hmm. uh, and you're helpful also in writing ref- referees, re- uh, reports, yeah. those sorts of things to sort of lubricate the applications, facilitate things. I know you have written many for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, what traits do you think a good mentee has? Um, I think a good mentee has to uh, have an open mind about things. It's it's no use having perspective that you've made your decisions there's nothing else to be discussed Uh, because one of the things you learn in life is that opportunities would appear out of the blue and even though you've got a plan in your mind if you don't deviate it won't allow yourself to deviate from that you might miss a really excellent opportunity so I think people who are mentees should have a general idea but also be open to other suggestions you know, um, again, as Austin Dawes said to me when I finished my PhD, he said, you think you know it all now, don't you? He said, you don't know anything. I mean, he was that sort of chap. He was half joking. But yeah. he made the point, you know, you, you think you've got your PhD and you've conquered the world. But in reality, you know, it is a lot more to it. And it's a lot more complex. And I yeah. think if you appreciate that, then that's, that's a good attitude. Yeah, no, that's very good. And uh, I know that this wouldn't be an issue now. Uh, I think most people would be intimidated trying to talk to you. But um, early days when you are mm. a trainee, mm. um, how did you overcome talking to someone that you intimidated? Uh, well, I'll tell you, that's where mentors have a big role because Austin would always almost chaperone me at a meeting. And he would make a point of introducing me to all the top people who would otherwise I would not dare approach. And so he, not only was the introduction, but he, he was demonstrating to me that these are normal people who are here to help. And you realise too that they're also on the lookout for good people themselves. True. And so, you know, if, you, if your mentor does a good job in that respect, then it helps you overcome that fear of, talking to the big names in the field that you might otherwise have. Yeah, now that's a very good point, that they're just people. Yeah, they're just yeah. people. Yeah. And as I say, they're looking for good young people too. Yeah, yeah, no, very good, yeah. And uh, have you had any setbacks or issues in your career that you didn't expect and uh, how did you deal with them? Um, 
oh yeah, keep having papers rejected and grants refused. <laughs> we all do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm alone in that. Uh, they're the big setbacks. I haven't had any major setbacks in my career direction. It's been, I've been lucky in that. In fact, a lot of things have come out of the blue for me that I've seen as opportunities like this position I'm currently in. I didn't want to be a professor of an academic department. That was never something I'd thought of. Mm. But also my other mentor, Colin Johnson, tapped me on the shoulder one day and said, can I have your CV? And then I thought, I said, why? He said, well, there's a position at the university. So um, I've been lucky in that respect, perhaps because my mind has been open. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, and how you deal, you learn to deal with the rejections. I think that's an important part. And if a mentor can teach any mentee something, it's that don't take it personally. Uh-huh. You know, you know, you are good. Just have faith and keep going. Yeah, I've given that true. advice. Yeah. I've given that advice to a lot of people, yeah. uh, and in the end, they've all shone through. Yeah, so. and that's very good. It's it's mostly the system. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, if you could change anything in your career and career path, uh, would you do anything differently? I'd like to be able to play the piano really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in my career, I don't know, I can't complain. I think I've, I've had a, a terrific career and particularly because we had a golden era in cardiovascular research. Uh, and there are a lot of questions and a lot of new therapies and a lot of things to be answered. There still are, but it was a really rich, vibrant scene. And uh, I don't think it's quite the same now. So I was very lucky. And I think not only the, the substance of the research, but the way organisations are structured now are not as perhaps as personal as they used to be. The hospitals and universities have layers and layers and layers of people that you just don't know in the way we used to in small uh-huh. departments. For example, on my desk here, I'm sorry you can't see this in the podcast. This, I love this picture. This is a picture of the size of the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry Health Sciences staff of the Dean's office. And there would be 20 people now. <laughs> and we knew all of them by name. Yeah, you know, wow. even as even as members of department, now you know there's be several hundred people in that same organisation. So, I think that makes it harder. Uh, and why in those those early days it was such a pleasure to work in. You know, you felt like you were in a family. Yeah. Really. Family yeah. feelings aren't quite the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do you have any advice on how to identify a good training environment? Uh. <laughs> the first thing I would say is don't worry about the physical nature of the environment. You know, some people think unless it's really swish, new labs with lots of space, that it's not going to be good. But I remember some of the... It's like a party. Some of the best parties you go to are the ones where you're really crowded and you don't have any room. <laughs> yeah. So you have to talk with everybody, you know, and it's good fun. As opposed to those large open spaces in a hall where there's a few people sitting around. And some of the best research environments I've seen are where people are not in in very luxurious facilities at all, but uh, close together, interacting and talking a lot. Um, and so when you go into a, say, a department-sized organisation, try and gauge whether the elements of the department, even if they're physically dispersed, are talking to one another. 
you know, go to the tea room over lunchtime and see who's there and who's uh-huh. discussing things and, you know, who knows each other on a personal level because, you know, a lot of conversations over lunch turn out to be new research projects. Yeah, um, so try and gauge that in a research environment. Obvi- you know, the obvious ev- things that are straightforward, are you've got all the machinery and the expertise um, around that can do the things you need to do and you'll soon work that out. Uh, or if they haven't, do you think you could get hold of it somehow? Um, and so they're the sorts of things because when you move into a new environment, you want to feel welcome and ex- and part of it as soon as you can and take advantage of it. Yeah. It's not easy to gauge, but I think if you have that view in the mind of what it should feel like, you soon work it out. And talk to some people who've been there and say, what did you think of that? Was there any good there? It's like buying a used car. Was any good? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No. Wonderful. Yeah. That's very good. Uh, very good advice. Yeah. Um, I think that was all the questions I had. I don't know if all you right. have anything else that you would like to add. Well, I think so. No, yeah. That covers about everything, doesn't it? Yes. Oh well. So thank you very much. I really appreciate. <laughs> that's it. all right, Francine. Very happy yes. to do it. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you.